VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show. Today on the James Altucher Show. I'm not really interested in side hustles anymore. I know we were calling this stuff Side Hustle Fridays when we were talking about other ways to make money. These are all possible opportunities, not just for a side hustle, but for people to make millions of dollars a year. And they're alternative careers in the sense that they're not the sort of thing you learn in college. You choose that career as much as it chooses you. And so today, I always say I hope my daughters are listening to this. This one I really hope they listen to because not only are we going to talk about an extremely valuable set of skills, but again, I've personally seen people make millions of dollars starting from scratch in this skill set, but we're going to talk about how to be an excellent copywriter, how to monetize it, how to build wealth with it. So here's Anna Powers to talk about copywriting. Nice meeting you. Nice to meet you. Very excited to talk about copywriting. So one time I was having lunch with two people who ran big email list companies. Like they were they were CEOs of companies that had big financial newsletters and email lists of people interested in investing. And both CEOs said, I didn't even, I had never even heard the word copywriting before. And both CEOs said, if they could be reborn again, they would try to come back as a copywriter because copywriters make so much money. And then I, later when I was in that kind of financial newsletter business myself, I started a business in 2015 that I sold a few years later. I personally saw copywriters make millions of dollars on single projects. And we'll describe what copywriting is. And I don't want to say it requires little experience. It it does require talent and a lot of knowledge. But essentially, copywriting is when you get those big email letters that are like 40 pages long, and it's like Jack Smith has the, the, the ultimate workout that where you lose weight and live forever. And and I'm I'm doing the inauthentic ones. Obviously, the best <laughs> the best copywriting is the authentic ones. But there's a skill set to it, and I have a lot of questions. And we're going to learn from Anna. Basically, Anna, you were a, a lawyer, right? You gave up being a lawyer to be yes. a copywriter. That's how potentially lucrative this is. What kind of law did you practice? So I was a civil defense attorney. I started out doing insurance defense, and then in the wake of the 2008 downturn, I was mostly working for a mortgage servicing company with a big firm. So dealing with not representing the foreclosures themselves, but actually the servicers who were, you know, had these huge portfolios. And then I went to a more boutique, small firm that did construction law. So I I did the gamut in the legal practice, but it was all civil defense. 
So when you say you were an insurance, what you would like the insurance companies would sue people or what would you do? Well, well, <laughs> people would sue the insurance companies. <laughs> and you would defend the insurance companies? Yes, please don't kick me off the show right now. <laughs> Jay, what are you? <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Well, you left, you left that business. Why did you leave that business? You know, so this is what I felt. I'll, I'll share a bit of my story that I wanted to be an attorney from the time I was seven or eight years old and watched The Cosby Show and saw Claire Huxtable. A, a hero to many people, The Cosby Show. <laughs> I know. it's. Listen, <laughs> oh, this it's was horrible. long, long before all that came out. But it was, it was Claire Huxtable that I really looked up to because here was this woman who seemed like she frankly didn't work that much, but was, quote, an attorney, end quote, and had this fun life and they joked around. I thought, you know, I like to talk. I don't mind arguing. So this is probably a good fit for me. But when I actually became an attorney and got into my office, and it wasn't a nice office with a window view, but I would sit there for 12, 13 hours a day, hardly speak to another human other than our little 20-minute lunch break. You're describing Jay's life. <laughs> it is my life. Every time I heard about attorney, I thought your job is solely just go out in court and say objections. Isn't that That's what, what I thought is, right? If it had been that, I would have loved it. But it's really more researching and writing. And I do love writing. And so there were aspects of the job that I loved, which was the analysis of the arguments and putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. That was fun. But what I missed was really the human element. Because frankly, I didn't get to start arguing in court until maybe three years into my practice. I practiced for eight and a half years before I fully left. Um, and that was fun, but those opportunities are few and far between. It's so rare that a case actually makes it to trial. Um, so even to make it to motion hearings and such, it, it doesn't happen every day. So I started thinking, is there a way that I could use these skills that I have of research and analysis and writing in a way that feels better to me because there was an element of feeling like, you know, I'm making a ton of money for these big corporations that don't always, I mean, I've actually been rereading your Choose Yourself book, James, you know. Oh, and, thank you. <laughs> you know, uh, big corporations that don't always necessarily care about the human element, right? Because they exist to make money for their shareholders. And so I thought, how could I take my skills and put them to use for companies and missions and visions that I actually believe in, that I can feel proud of supporting? And so that's how I found copywriting and started digging into that world. And so, okay, before we get into like what you did in copywriting, just, just define it for our listeners. So I call copywriting your words that sell. So basically, you know, as distinguished from the legal copywriting, which is protecting your intellectual property, which is where most people's brains go when I start talking about it. Right, like copywriting has nothing to do with copyrights. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's copyright, R-I-G-H-T, on the legal side, protecting your intellectual property. And then there's copywriting, what we're talking about today with the W-R-I-T-I-N-G, which is your words that sell. So all businesses have words that sell their offers. Even if you think about a huge company like Nike that has their swoosh, they still have that phrase too, just do it, which somebody probably was paid millions of dollars to formulate and come up with because it's so simple, but it encapsulates a brand. But, but this kind of copywriting that we're talking about here is not the coming up with the three-word taglines, but take, taking someone's idea. Like, let's say someone has an idea for um, 
a course or a newsletter or a diet or uh, a strategy for dating or whatever uh, or investing. Um, it th this kind of copywriting is is how do you explain what this person is offering in such a way that by the end of people reading what you write, and it could be a long letter, it could be short, it could be whatever. There's lots of different types. They will want to the cut the the person reading it will kind of want to buy because you you trigger all of these emotions. Yes, it's moving that reader of that letter, that email, that sales page. It's moving them from connection to I must have it. This will solve my problem. And, and so the story I wanted to tell is the first time I put together a newsletter where somebody had somebody was copywriting a note that I would send to the readers. I thought I called up the CEO of the company with the copywriters. And I said, I can't, I can't do this. This doesn't sound like my voice. Uh, it sounds really salesy. And he said, okay, we'll divide the list in half and you try your, you write a letter in your style. And I thought I'm, I'm a very convincing writer. I thought, okay, no problem. Yeah. I'm going to, and he said, well, then the copywriter will do the other half of the list. And I'm like, this is going to be easy. I'm going to way outsell this copywriter. They outsold me 10 to one. Like wow. that's how valuable copywriting is. So if you have a product you believe in, yes. you want to hire a good copywriter because otherwise no one will read, even though it has maybe a little bit more salesy kind of writing than I was comfortable with. No one is going to read your work if you don't have a copywriter. <laughs> well, you had a really smart copywriter too, who didn't push back on you and say, no, 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 you should do it my way because I'm the professional who just said, okay, we'll try half of it your way. We'll try half of it my way. And you can actually see the results and you know the business that flows into your company with yours and with the professional copywriters. And and I, I want to add one more thing. There's um, I still had trouble coming to grips with this. Like I really didn't like that the the style of writing, even though I saw immediately that mm -hmm. if I really want, you know, to build a business and to really get the word out of what I'm doing, and I'm I believe in what you know what I'm what I was writing and what I was what I was selling, it is important to use a, a copywriter or use these techniques in some way. And so I looked at this one video by Alain de Baton, who's a like this mm -hmm. modern French philosopher. Yes, and he said the video is I'm gonna get it maybe a little, a little wrong. It's um nice guys need to use Machiavellian tactics. And what oh. he meant was, is that let's say you are selling something and someone who is not authentic or some, you know, scam or whatever is also selling something. If he uses copywriting and you don't, then his message is going to get out there to everyone and people are going to buy it. And your message, no one is going to read. So that's Alain de Baton's point is that, you know, if you believe in what you're doing, and you're a nice guy, you still have to use these Machiavellian techniques, else the real Machiavellian guys are going to just win every time. And so that kind of convinced me, okay, I believe in what I'm doing. And, and I'm sure many people, everybody listening to this believes in what they're doing. You just kind of have to use, if you want to sell, you have to sell. There's no avoiding it. <laughs> well, it's an interesting way of, of putting it. The term Machiavellian <laughs> you know, definitely strikes slight fear and trembling in any sane person's heart, right? But 
I agree with the point because my question to you was going to be, even if you were uncomfortable with the kind of salesy language, the, the language that felt salesy to you, did you believe in your offer? And did you believe that your offer would truly help the people that got into it? A hundred percent. And it yeah. has like, this is proven to me over and over again. And I know now I would have sold, I would have not built my business. I would not would have, I would have sold nothing. I never would have gotten the word out and the help you know, I was able to hire people and so on yeah. without copywriting techniques. And that's what all the other people were doing. Like if I just did my own thing, I would be nothing in, in, in that industry. And instead I, I built a nice subscription business. And helped a ton of people. Yes, it's totally true. Airbnb has changed my life. If anything, they have made my life so much better. Like I used to live in Airbnbs. I, I lived in over a hundred or 200 different Airbnbs over a three-year period. And I loved it. I love, I became a really good guest of Airbnbs and I got to know lots of hosts. So when I initially owned a house, I, of course, the first thing I thought was I'm going to turn my house into an Airbnb because I travel a lot. So why leave my house unused when I can make a side income by letting others Airbnb my house or come to stay in my house as guests and having my own Airbnb or, or being a host for Airbnb has allowed me to do just that. And I've met other hosts. I've actually spoken at Airbnb's host conference. I think it was in 2017. I met so many just nice hosts. It's a great community. And I love, you know, turning my own home into an Airbnb. Like I'm traveling to Austin next month. My home's going to be an Airbnb while I'm away. And I'll stay in an Airbnb. I'd rather stay in like a three story house Airbnb than in one tiny hotel room in, in the middle of Austin during South by Southwest. So listen, while you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Many people host on Airbnb, but there are people who are just letting their house sit empty, who've never thought about it or didn't realize their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and is a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, then you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Daylight savings time is starting up again. Okay, podcast is over. That's all you needed to know. But why do we have uh, daylight savings time? Answer, to give us more daylight from March through November. By setting your clocks forward, it may feel like there are more hours in the day that initial, when we initially start daylight savings. But if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates for your roles any sooner. There's only one way to do that, ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100 plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. This is such a brilliant idea for a business and ZipRecruiter did it. So ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. I've used ZipRecruiter particularly as a potential employee and I still to this day get messages every day. James Aldacher, would you like to apply to be VP of en Entertainment at NBC or whatever? 
So there's just nonstop emails. Like I got five or six emails today because of because a year ago I signed up for ZipRecruiter. So spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash James. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash James. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Hey, listen, men's health is important. Men act all cocky and like they don't need anything. But the reality is, as you get older, there's some things you need. And it often feels like we're too busy to take care of our health problems. Like I'd rather do anything than go to the doctor or the dentist or the pharmacy or whatever. But now you don't have to waste your time if you use HIMS. HIMS, H-I-M-S, HIMS is changing men's healthcare by providing simple and convenient access to science-backed treatments for erectile dysfunction, hair loss, weight loss, and more. The entire process is 100% online, so you get a new routine of improving your overall health faster. Jay, you listening to all this? Yes, I'm definitely going to use HIMS for now. Not that you need it. You're, you're young and healthy. James, I'm 35. You, you're getting there. You might, you might need it. Who knows? But if prescribed, your medication ships directly to you for free and indiscreet packaging. No insurance is needed. You can manage your plan on the HIMSS app, track progress, and learn more about your conditions and how to treat them from leading medical experts. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash James. Could you imagine that? There's a whole section just with my name on it. HIMSS.com slash James. That's how I how much I am representative of the kind of person who needs hymns. That's HIMS.com slash James for your personalized treatment options. HIMS.com slash James. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See HIMS.com slash James for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. So there's something that a lot of copywriters talk about, which is, I say, push on the pain. Some people say, twist the knife, you know, and, and there's been, you know, with this, this pendulum swing back really toward ethical marketing. And, you know, I consider myself an ethical person and I'm sure that everyone listening, like you consider yourself an ethical person as well. Um, and so we want to be ethical in our marketing. But what I've noticed is some people really shying away. Well, I don't want to twist the knife. I don't want to push on the pain. But the analogy that I give when you're talking about in your copy, pushing into your reader's pain points, it's not to be mean or be cruel or leave them like worse than you found them. It's to kind of shake them awake because we numb out, right? We, we, we do all kinds of things as human beings to make ourselves believe that it's really better than it is when we have a big problem. Well, we'll give, give an example of a project that you, that you either you or someone you know was a copywriter on and kind of just walk us through what that is. And then the second half of this could be kind of how do you learn the techniques to be a good copywriter and, and you know, how do you tap into it? Because again, I've seen copywriters make millions of dollars. Like that really is a great way to 
make a million. So give an example, like a copywritten project. Well, I mean, I write a lot of my own copy, right? So I write copy, of course, for, you know, for lots of different clients, but I'll give you an example for our own copywriting certification. So when I'm trying to sell people on the idea that you need to learn how to write copy, if you have a business or you need to put someone through the certification so that you have someone on your team who understands how to write copy. I'm trying to dig into the point that if your business isn't making the money you want it to make and you neglect this skill, you're not going to be able to move forward, which is basically what you said earlier right. in the... Yeah, it's, right. it's exactly what you said. Like, even if you think, well, I'm a, I'm a great person. I have a great offer. Yes. And there's three pieces to a successful business. The right offer in front of the right audience wrapped up in the right messaging. And so I might push into that pain point of, listen, if you're writing your own copy for your business and you're not seeing the amount of sales that you want, you may as well just toss thousands of dollars out the window. Like just get them out of the bank and throw them out because you're valuable within your company. So if you're spending your time doing something that's not actually producing results for you, you need to be spending your time somewhere else. You need to get someone trained up on this skill or you need to train yourself on it. I see. So you're, you're, this is how you would be writing the copy about taking a course on copywriting. Yeah. But it's a, but it's a little confusing <laughs> because Inception. we're already talking about the whys of copywriting. Yep. So it's yep. hard to know what is part of this interview and what's your, the copyright. Do you have another example other than an example related to copywriting? Like let's say, yeah. it's, let's say a, a a student of yours or you were selling whatever you've sold before, like an, an, an investment course or a dating course or a diet, like. Yeah. Let's just take a hypothetical example in, in the health world. Okay. Yeah. So in the health world, let's say you're selling something that is promoting weight loss. Well, you want to actually push into the pain of this person weighing more than they want to weigh. And it's not to be mean and call them, you know, ugly and awful and, you know, undisciplined, but you, you want to paint that picture. And I say specificity is really important in copy. So rather than saying your clothes are a little too tight, you want to paint that picture of you go to your closet, you pull out that pair of pants that used to be your favorite pair of pants. You put them on, you try to button them, you inhale deeply. <laughs> they still don't quite reach you search the internet to find one of those little elastic things that will, you know, create a little more space between the, the two sides of the pants. So you don't have to fully button them. You start buying long tops. So because you can't show your waist because your pants don't actually fully button, you know, so I'm pushing into that, like, I'm, I'm, I'm helping people see like, this is a real issue. You know, you have a dress, you can't zip it. You can zip it halfway up and then you're bummed because you had this dress that you used to look amazing in and now you can't get it to zip up and then you're late for the party. What do you do? You throw on your you know, old jeans with your big oversized sweater because that's what you've got now. And you know, if you don't address this, what do you think is going to happen? Like it's not going to magically get better. At some point, you're going to need to take a different action if you want to get a different result. Now that's a very like, Obviously, if I were writing it, it would be a lot smoother and cleaner than that. Yeah, but yeah. I, we'll, 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 just for people listening, we're going to go over specific techniques in a little bit. But this is this is just like an example. So you build this this picture of of pain. So it could be like in, in investing, it might be something like, you know, why is it that you know 
the average person doesn't really know what's going on in the, why do the wall street insiders make all the money? And you know, the average person never even outperforms, uh, the stock market or, or, you know, if, if inflation goes crazy, how are you, how are you and your family going to survive? Like there's some pain point in all of these, in all of these things. Yeah. Like your book, you said, um, the chapter I was reading last night was, <laughs> I won't say the actual word, but I think you said your retirement plan is for bleep, <laughs> you know, and you're like, this is just the truth. This is the reality. Your retirement plan isn't going to cover anything out. Inflation is going to far outpace it. And you wrote that book before, you know, long before all the crazy stuff that's happened in the last year and a half, you know, but it's, yeah. you're shaking people awake. So you're getting more intense than just like, mm, you might want to rethink your retirement. You're like, your retirement plan is for bleep. Right. So you have to get, it's almost like, you know, you're, you, you're really describing a serious problem and then we have a solution, but like, like what goes on then? Like what I get an email, these 40 page letters, email letters. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes clients push back and they're like, do we have to do the long, long letter? So the key with any sales letter is that you want each section to keep the reader going. So there, you want to create an open loop, just like if we're watching, you know, in the, in the old school days, like a TV series, like remember that old series 24, you know, and there's a cliffhanger and then you want to come back and see what happens in the, the, the next 24. Um, even with a, a show that had a full complete season, there would be a cliffhanger. And then, you know, for three months you're waiting, what's going to happen next. So that's what you want to do. And like, that's a kind of a, you want to do it on a smaller scale in a sales letter, open a loop and then close it in the next paragraph, but open a new loop, and then close in the next paragraph and open a new loop. And so sometimes people push back on the length, but there are your people who are your potential customers who are very high fact finders and they need to see all those details. And then your people who aren't such high fact finders, they may be able to buy, like I intersperse buy buttons all throughout that page um, so that if someone's ready to go, they don't have to read the 40 pages. I thought one of the reasons for the long letter is because once you, if you actually sit there and read like a 20 or 30 page letter, uh, by the time you're finished, you kind of have this cognitive bias that, Hey, I just spent all this time reading this letter. I probably, my, my brain is telling me, Oh, I must like this letter then. And so there's kind of a cognitive bias that, that makes you go forward. That your brain investing. doesn't want you to, yeah, your brain doesn't want, yeah. It's like a sunken cost fallacy. Like your brain doesn't want you to think that you wasted your time. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right on that as well. Um, that you're invested by the time you've spent that amount of time. Uh, and I tell my clients, once someone buys your offer or gets to that point where they're about to to buy, they want your offer to be amazing. So they're predisposed to think that this is the this is the best thing. Um, so what I'm doing when I'm moving them through those sections is really contrasting what I call their world of pain. And that's where we push on the pain and really exacerbate the pain and pump it up to show them how bad it really is. And then it's like, not how, gonna... how do you do that? How do you, how do you like close the first loop and open the second loop as you've been calling it? Let's go with a weight loss example of an older woman who's actually like a grandmother, a grandmother who is just kind of let time take its toll, right? And so she now has her first grandbaby and her weight is preventing her from being as active as she wants to be with her grandbaby. Okay, so she can't like 
comfortably get on the floor, kneel down, play. And I'm going to paint that picture in exacerbating the pain. I'm going to say like, you're at the family gathering. Your new grandchild is like making their first little crawling steps. And you want to be right there, like on their level to encourage them. And you don't have the mobility to be able to do it. Okay, then I'm going to, that's the world of pain. Then I'm going to paint the paradise of possibility, which is, but imagine that you have that energy that you used to feel when you were a mom versus a grandma. You have that energy back. You have that mobility back. When your grandchild is crawling on the floor, you're right there next to them. Like you can carry, you can carry them on. You can like get on, this is kind of a funny example. Like you could be on all fours and they could be riding on your back. Like you're that mobile and that, spry and sprightly and energized. And you're creating those memories, those memories you can never, ever get back. And so if you're waiting five years, that kid isn't going to want to play on the ground with you anymore. They're not going to want you to carry them around on, on your back. But right now, if you will take this action to release some of this weight that you've allowed to build up, which we have a way for you to do that's really it's not as hard as you think it's going to be because when you get into this program, we're going to be with you every step of the way. We understand where you are. We understand you're not trying to look hot in a bikini for your college graduation. We understand that you desire that health for your mobility and your vitality and really to create memories for future generations. And then how do you segue from that into kind of um, what is the product and what, what, what is the offer? So I'm going to start with the, the results. I'm going to start with you, you will have that mobility. You will have that vitality. You will have that energy. You will be wanting to plan additional play dates. You will be asking to babysit. Like you will be the one that the grandchild remembers. You'll be the grandparent that, that's like the favorite, right? Because you spent all the time. So I'm going to focus on the results first. And then I'm going to dive into the deliverables. Because if you just start out with, you know, come into this program and you're going to get, you know, this meal plan and these how-to cooking videos and these coaching calls before you hit on the results, you're not tapping into that, that emotional driver, that buying trigger of this is going to give me something that is very, very important to me. Like, of the utmost importance. Um, so I focus on results first when I start to introduce the offer. And normally, James, what I'll do is I'm going to the world of pain, then I'm painting the paradise of possibility, like that beautiful image of you know her on the floor with the grandkid. And then I'm actually introducing, if it's a personal brand business, I'm introducing who that mentor is, like the person in whose voice I'm writing the sales letter, and I'm making a connection between their story and this potential client story. Because, you know, there's lots of weight loss programs. So why should someone learn from this person versus, you know, any of the hundreds of other people they could learn from? And that's where I really work with my copywriting clients to pull out how they can be both relatable and revered to their potential clients. So right, how, like maybe maybe they lost like 200 pounds and they were struggling and yeah. You know, yeah. And exactly. then they became a PhD in exactly. nutritional science and and developed their own unique method or whatever. Yeah, and so you need both because if you're just relatable and you're like I used to weigh 250 pounds too, the person's like, "Okay, and why would I pay you to help me <laughs> like if you also weigh 250 pounds?" So you you want to be relatable though, um but you also want to be revered. And then I don't weigh 250 pounds anymore. And I went back to school and got my PhD and developed this unique methodology that, you know, helps you release this weight easily and I've seen letters where it's 
okay, there's a product, but they kind of keep the, the letter, they keep extending the letter. Like, and then there's one more thing that we offer. Yeah. And so what, what's, what's, what's happening there. And, and by the way, these are not yet the specific techniques. We'll get into that. I'm just walking through an, an example. So, uh, so I'll do uh, world of pain, paradise of possibility, meet the mentor. Then I'm, then I'm touching on the results. Then I'm touching on the deliverables. And then we're just stacking the value. So when you see the, and this bonus and this additional added element, it's like we're creating this value stack that is, you know, at least 10 times the value of whatever you're asking someone to invest. And you're making that argument hopefully so that they can clearly see that what they're going to receive so far outpaces what you're asking them to invest to get that support that it just at some point becomes a no-brainer. And I always encourage all of my clients to do some sort of money-back guarantee, whether it's a, you know, 30 days, no questions asked, or whether on a lot of these info projects, info products and coaching and such, you know, it may be a show your work kind of guarantee where the person has to come to a certain number of calls or submit some assignments, but some sort of guarantee that's a risk reversal um, to really let, really let that client know that they're safe because it's easier to take an action when we feel safe. You know, we feel like, okay, this isn't gonna, this isn't gonna break me. I, I have... I have a safe place in this program. Trying to pack in as much as possible in part one and part two of this. They're both available today, both parts. We talk about the specific skills needed and techniques to be a great copywriter. Anna Powers, really a, a wonderful person to talk to about this. So stay tuned for part two. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.